Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast. My name is Joey Stabile, and I am the host of this exciting show. Are you looking for indoor cycling, inspiration, and ideas, new classes and playness, technical expertise? Please find this and a lot more at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Once again, IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And... Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to ICI Pro Free Podcast. Uh, we're here with Zach Hawthorne just after he delivered his ride, and um, we're going to get a few seconds here with him to have some insight into the ride, what it meant to him, and how he developed it. So without uh, beating your ears anymore, I'm going to turn the mic over to Zach. And uh, Zach, I got to say, so it's been a while since I've been in a class with you, and um, it's always such a pleasure to see you teach. It's... Um, you know, it's the magic, right? Like I, I, I see a lot of rides from you and we work a lot together, but it's usually over phone and text and it's um, totally different, like upfront and personal, right? Like it's crazy. So here you go. Awesome, Joey. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Like you said, that is literally where the magic happens is in the spin studio. Um, so all those times we tell you to play your songs um, in a spin room with a bike over the loudspeaker, it's because it is always a different feel than when you're sitting there with a pen and paper or an Excel file or class builder. Um, but I just wanted to go over the playlist that we did uh, this evening. Um, and I, it's titled Pop Cycle, Popsicle, however you want to pronounce it. It's all, it's all the same to me. Um, but one of the big things I wanted to highlight on was just my my opening songs and my closing songs. Let's just take those out right now. Just just how we always talk about getting those out of the way, having something with no words, especially for the first song. And even at the end, I like to have no words so that we can talk about what has happened um, throughout the class. Uh, one of the songs... I do want to highlight, uh, just out of random here, is uh, Sassy by Rhapsody. Um, she's a, a newer artist. She's been around for the, uh, the past year as far as uh, big publicity goes. But she's a, a female rapper. Um, she dropped her latest album last year. And I, I really enjoy what she's talking about. It's, it's almost like listening to another MC revolution if you like uh, rap and hip-hop. Um, and that being said, this song sassy, it's kind of just almost hypnotizing in a way. It really allows you to just focus on the task at hand. And for this ride, the task at hand was just holding zone three, um, high zone three, I think it was. Um, but what's really cool is I want to also highlight on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, uh, two before that, um, I played Bo Diddley. Um, and I was actually at the time I was looking for an earlier, uh, BB King song. I really enjoy BB King. Some of his earlier stuff though, it wasn't, it wasn't as upbeat as I needed it to be. I needed it to be a little more, uh, upbeat jazz was what I was looking for. I kind of ended up with upbeat folk rockabilly jazz sense. <laughs> um, but I really, really enjoy putting songs that would be very unconventional back back-to-back or almost back-to-back like that. And that being said, uh, probably the last song I'd like to highlight is the punk rock song, Punk Rocker by the Teddy Bears. 
Um, and if you are looking at the album cover by any chance, it is actually a large teddy bear head on the album. <laughs> um, they're, they're super fun bands. I discovered them back in the day whenever um, Skrillex was really blowing up and everything. And this was just a nice in-between. It, it allowed for some rock music, some really steady state, and it just built uh, just like a DJ would, just like Skrillex would build his song the whole way through. Uh, so I think it's one of the a really good song to end on. It it just it keeps the energy alive in the room, and it just really keeps everything in check with what you're doing. Well, that's interesting. So Zach, as you're going through these songs, you know you talk about the beginning, and then you switch down to the end, and then you go to the middle. Um, it leads me to ask, you know, how do you make up your rides, and how do you make up your playlist? Um, Amy and I did a recording in um, Punta Cana last week, and we talked about her ride. It was Amy's race day ride. And, um, you know, it's interesting because Amy and I are so different. You know, when I sit down, I have my kind of training plan in my head. I sit down with my computer and I sort my music. I look for my BPM. I make sure the song matches up. I listen to it. And um, so for me, I think it's more about probably the training plan than it is about the particular song, whereas Amy's all from the heart, right? Like, she just loves a song, and then she works it from there. Um, so how do you come up with your rides and your um, training plans and that kind of stuff? Uh, I'll address the the easier issue there first. Uh, with the training plans, I usually base those around what's going on in the outdoor world. So if it's wintertime here in Pittsburgh, you know, it's it's low, slow, long endurance efforts, getting ready for fun in the sun because we only have so much of it before it turns to 100-degree days, it seems like now, with, with the humidity and all that. So there's only so much you can do on those days. Um, my ideal, just a side note, my ideal riding temperature is, you know, right around those 60s where you can wear shorts and long sleeves. So in case you go down, you still got some arm protection. Um, <laughs> but but that's just that's just how I ride. Um, and as far as how I've ordered my my songs and how I I pick my playlist, I would have to agree with with Amy's version of doing things. I apologize. I'm not that structured. <laughs> I um I definitely and you can even if you do follow along with Class Builder and listen to uh the podcast and and you follow them both um you'll notice that some of my cues are a little off or I've added in some improv things. And I usually like to do that based on how the class is feeling, how I'm feeling, um, because those are things you can't, you can't predict. That being said, you have to know the basis of where this all comes from that we talk about in our, you know, our level one and level two certifications. Um, as far as what I do when I'm picking my songs, um, I usually go through a large list of music um, and I just start making a playlist. I don't worry about order. I don't worry about function, form, or anything. I just, I'm, I'm out there. I'm trying to make a vibe. I'm trying to make an idea, and I'm trying to make a setting for what I think is going to be an awesome time and a great workout. From there, I'll go back, and I'll start to organize them um, by how songs start and how songs end. I really enjoy picking up one song. Um, you know, if it ends and we're at 65 to 75 RPMs, I really enjoy the next song picking up at 65 to 75 RPMs and just continuing the flow. It should never feel like there's a true break. Um, that being said, obviously, you know, going through the class, we give breaks, uh, especially depending on what efforts are next. But whenever I'm just trying to figure out what the RPM should be or what the, the segment should be or what the challenge should be, most of the time you'll see me in my living room on my couch just tapping my feet back and forth like they're on a bike, you know, trying to figure out what the RPM is. Um, 
I attribute that to I was a I, I played drums all through elementary and high school and everything. So I have a a large drum background, but uh, that doesn't mean that you can't do the same. You know, any anyone can develop songs and playlists like this. Uh, if you know the foundations and the basics, much how you know Joe was saying he put his rides together in a structured format, you have to understand the basics before you can just start being all willy-nilly with it, I think. So it's it's definitely, uh, all the basics are in the head, but from there you can just let it go and be very artistic with it, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, one of the things that Amy and I have talked about recently is the difference in queuing. So I know when we started the weekly ride, um, just about a year ago, isn't it? Yeah, so we're coming up. I think we may have crossed our year. We should have had an anniversary party, but we didn't put that on the list. Yeah, for sure. So um, the, uh, you know, we all queue differently, right? So, um, you know, my original thought was that somebody should be able to pick up the queue sheet and deliver the ride exactly as we would. And um, Amy and I have talked about it, and, um, you know, she thinks differently, right? So Amy thinks that the idea of the cue sheet is to provide some direction and some general instruction. Um, but the person should be delivering their own ride. And so by over cueing, perhaps, um, you're kind of stepping on their creativity and not giving them that opportunity to really come forth and, you know, develop the ride as they would. So what are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's awesome, Joe. I think we've had a lot of talk back and forth about this between ourselves when we were creating the weekly ride and, um, Overall, I, I do think that the individual, the, the teacher for that, for that moment should be able to have some flexibility. Um, but that being said, just like what I've talked about before, they have to have the knowledge, the basic building blocks for them to, to get freelance, if we will. Um, but it is also so nice to be able to just pick up right where someone left off, right? Like just having that, that structure to it because... I got to be honest, you know, some days you come in and it's still a job, right? We still get paid to do what we do. And some days maybe your heart's not 100% in it. Maybe you're not feeling so well. Maybe you just did, you know, two long rides the the week before and and you're just not, your heart's not 100% in it. You still have to give it 110% whenever you're up there because you never know where someone else is on their plan. So having that structured format um, with the ability to, you know, loosely put what you need where, um, that improvness, impromptness, uh, is, is ideal, I think. So just a, a harmonious blend of both. And I think that's, what's really cool about all this because we do have you on one hand and Amy on the other hand. And then here I am kind of this person that is right in the middle. I feel like on most times. And, uh, I think it works really well between all three of us. I think we can get a really good, uh, formula together. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, our, our music is different. It, it always amazes me. Um, you know, I use um, your and Amy's playlists all the time um, when I'm at uh, Carnegie Mellon and teaching a strength class or something like that. So I'll put on one of your two playlists. And, um, you know, sometimes after the class, I, I'll, I'll look at them and say, you know, this is my wife's playlist. You would think I would have heard some of these songs at some point around the house, but I never have. How is that even possible? Oh, I think it's super funny because I actually uh, do probably the same thing in my household. I live with my sister, so I look to her for some inspiration too because I am a 26-year-old male uh, outdoor cyclist, and my sister is a casual outdoor uh, cyclist that enjoys spinning as well. And, you know, she's she's four years younger than me, so she has a much different spectrum of music, and I really love bouncing songs off of her, bouncing ideas off of her. 
Um, and just the overall variety of the music that I enjoy, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's cool to go back and look at songs that maybe you would never use ever and then repurpose it to actually make it work and make it actually really feel the vibe that you're trying to present to the class. Um, for example, like Bo Diddley today, like that's something, that's a song that I, I listened to growing up and I was trying to find, like I said, BB King and I came across the Bo Diddley song and I was like, this is going to work. I, and you just, it just feels right. And it, it gives the energy that you really want to set off and, and present to the class. Yeah. And, um, I know that I have some songs that are always like in the back of my head that um, I love the song and I know deep in my heart it's going to find its way into a indoor class at some point in time. Um, but I just haven't found that time yet. And, um, you know, I used um, L.A. Woman, the Paul Oakenfold uh, version about a month ago, maybe even six weeks ago. Um, but, you know, I had waited 20 years to put a door song into a spin class because it just wasn't right yet. And for whatever reason, when I heard that remake and for that class, it was just time. That's part of the artistry, right? Is to be able to put that together and sell it. And as we say, when we're doing our certifications, I think the most important part of that is you have to believe it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not feeling it, there's no way it's going to work. There, I mean, if you're not up there, everyone has their eyes on you. And if you cannot deliver the performance that you're looking for, there's no way it's going to work. Absolutely not. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. Um, I've heard some differing views on this, but I know I agree, and I know Amy agrees as well. It is truly a performance. Um, one of the things I have read from time to time on some of the Facebook groups and that kind of stuff is, you know, we're not DJs we're not a DJ um, in front of the class, you know, we're not there for entertainment. But I have to say I disagree with that. I, I think that um, while certainly we have a plan and we're there to train and we're there to do this stuff, um, I, I think that we are entertainers and that's a big part of our job is to sell the music that we play. And um, I know we've talked about this at length. Um, I do believe that there's two primary reasons that people go to a class. Either they enjoy the music or the time slot just works for them. Um, I think it's a small number of people that are, you know, spin instructor groupies that will follow you from class to class. I think the other two are the primary reasons. I would have to 110% agree with that because I've had quite a few jobs at quite a different amount of studios around the Pittsburgh area um, for different time periods, and those people do not follow you. Like you said, it's, um, it's location, it's time slot, it's music selection. Um, but back to the form um, and function of of having a structured ride class, I think that's so important because then it does show the professionalism that you're bringing to the table if you have a goal in mind, if you have an idea in mind, and you have drills and skills set in place. But at the end of the day, we're riding bikes, and fitness should be fun. Fitness should be a blast. Um, there's no way, especially as you improve your fitness it just gets more fun because you get to go into different realms and, and discover new things about yourself, new heart rates, uh, different longevities. And that's the best part is, is finding those things and knowing you can go a little bit harder, a little bit further overall. For sure. It's so funny. As you said, fitness is fun. I was thinking I've been on a few fitness escapades that have not been all of that fun. Um, but ultimately that ties into my lack of preparedness for that particular um, exercise at hand, right? 
you know, I remember when I was with the downtown YMCA's here in Pittsburgh and um, running the marathon program. You'd always have a couple of people that would come up to you, and um, as we were doing speed work or something, they would say, well, you know, I don't really need to do that because I just want to run the marathon to find out what it feels like. And I used to say to them, well, you know, just stop by my office someday and I'll hit you in the knees with a board for four and a half hours. And that's exactly what the marathon is going to feel like at the end of the day. So I can save us both a whole lot of effort and save you about 600 miles of preparatory running. And we can just cut right to the chase. I strongly agree with all of that, especially since I am someone that does not run. And I have recently uh, discovered a love for running. Um, It's taken my personal fitness to, to new levels um, in a much quicker amount of time because your heart rate is just always so high. Um, and that's personal stuff that I'm working on on my own. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the best part. That's probably one of the best ways to describe it at least is that fitness is fun. And then you get to a a challenge or a goal or an obstacle that you have to overcome. And then fitness is no more fun. Uh, it's, it's the worst pain that you've ever felt in your life. But now you've just set a new precedent for yourself. You set a new level, a new standard. Um, so that's a new goal you're working for. And that's a, that's a new, you know, you're trying to make that your new T1 essentially. Um, and just, and build up from there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, doesn't that actually translate back into fun? Absolutely. 100% it does. So we got a little bit off topic as happens from time to time with us, but that's okay. All good information. Um, so why don't you take just about a minute or two and let's wrap up the ride for the listeners. Um, I would like to point out that the actual ride PDF along with the playlist are all available at icipro.com. Once again, that's icipro.com. The web address is www.indoorcycleinstructor.com. As always, the podcast and all the links from the podcast are completely free of charge and there to help you build your professionalism in the indoor cycling arena. So with that, Zach, why don't you give us a quick wrap up? Yeah, so to wrap things up, uh, I just want to reiterate that I, I, I really enjoy choosing my songs by uh, in, in my workouts by what's going on in the outdoor world. And my outdoor world, whenever I talk about that specifically, is usually cycle cross is my peak time of year. So that's a, that's a fall time. So um, having a lot of zone three, in my mind, this time of year is, is perfect. It's that nice double dipping ground where we get to uh, do a little bit of muscle uh, muscular work and cardio work, uh, taking advantage of that zone three time. Not to mention, it's still a time where you can almost carry on a conversation. You know, if there's a large class and it's a it's a bump in time slot, so that still gives people a, a small amount of interaction. So they they don't just have to focus in on the numbers and they can have that little bit of freedom. Uh, and again, speaking of freedom, I just want to reiterate too to to really let your students. Uh, develop themselves as cyclists, as as spinners, and allow them to explore uh, within the zones, and you know, give them give them ranges instead of just giving them direct directions. Um, so yeah, with that said, uh, I want to thank you again for tuning in, and this is Zach, and this is Joe. And I'd like to extend a uh, big thank you to Zach for uh, taking the time today to record this class. Um, Not always the easiest of ventures. There seems to be a lot of wires, batteries, microphones, all kind of stuff hanging out everywhere as I try to figure out where they all go. Um, And again, I'd like to reemphasize to check out our website, indoorcycleinstructor.com, where you will find the full PDF 
and playlist for both Apple Music and Spotify for this ride. So I'm Joey. And I'm Zach. Have a great night. Well, that wraps up another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast. Please check out our website at indoorcycleinstructor.com.